Welcome to the audio ministry of Love Foundation International. Pastors Isagi and Bridget are anointed to teach the Word of God with simplicity. We believe your life will be changed as you listen to this message. Be doers of the Word and not only hearers in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so you know what I wanted to read? First John what? Praise the Lord. Now, uh, I said in camp meeting that God said I should begin to teach more on love. Amen. Praise the Lord. I this ministry is called what? Love Foundation. Some people don't know, so say it loud enough. It's called what? Love Foundation. It means that we are based on what? On love. On love. And the Bible tells us that neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith that works by love. Amen? And even though I teach it now and then, but I believe that God will have me spend a little more time. Let me use this one, okay? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I wanted to save myself some energy of carrying the mic, but I guess I still have to use it. Amen? And... I teach a lot about faith uh, that walk it by love and I spend a lot of time on, on the faith part but one of the things the Holy Spirit is saying that I need to spend a little more time on the love. Amen? Amen. Now, so I'm going to do more of that. Amen? Praise the Lord. I know you're going to put your hands together for the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. 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 Help me. Hallelujah. Get excited. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Especially if we are going to do what God wants us to do. One of the things God said to us in camp meeting is that we should go and preach the gospel. Amen. And use our faith to win souls. Praise the Lord. But we also know that for us to do this, it has to be because we understand the love of God. Amen. Amen. Wow. So much to say, but I'm going to arrange it and then we're going to go ahead. You see, one of the things that we began to look at in camp meeting is the principle of seed time and harvest. Amen? The Bible says, whatever a man sows, that what he shall also reap. If you sow corn, what are you going to reap? Corn. If you sow, uh, what? Strawberries. What are you reaping? Strawberries. If you sow pineapple. Pineapple. If you sow uh, apple. Apple. If you sow rice. So what you sow, you reap. Is that true? Yes. It governs everything. Do you, understanding that, now do you know why God did not send an angel to die for us? Because if he had sold an angel, what would he have reaped? The quality of what you sow determines the quality of what you reap. And so in order to have people that are like him, he had to sow the exact quality of what he wanted in return. And so he looked at the angels and said, no angel is good enough for this thing. No angel. No angel. He looked through the heavens. Nothing else was good enough but himself. So 
out of himself he brought out a seed to sow so that the harvest will be exactly like him and as we begin to talk about love i want us to see more than that more than just you know let's just love because the bible says that god is love which means that if we must be like him we must walk in love amen amen all right let's go back to first john praise the lord Are you there? Amen. Let's start from verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Amen. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete amongst us so that we have confidence on the day of judgment. Because the word, in this world, we are, we are like him. Somebody say amen. amen. Now let's back up again to verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone... Who loves has been born of God and knows God. <clears throat> Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible says everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. Give me a little volume. I, I try not to so that I don't have to raise my voice. It says that, but he that does not love does not know God. Praise the Lord. Because God is love. Say God is love. Say it again. Say God is love. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. Now I'm going to relate this eventually to the great harvest of the importance of sowing, but we're just going to start from somewhere. Somebody say hallelujah. Are you there? First Corinthians chapter number 13. It says from verse 1, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong and a clinging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can phantom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. But if I give all I possess to the poor, and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Somebody say amen. amen. Now what was Paul trying to say here? He was beginning to show us that many things that people may think is love is not necessary love. Not necessarily love. And sometimes we wonder at the scripture when the Bible says some people will come to him and say, Father, I casted out demons in your name. I did this. And he will say, go, I know you not. You walkers of iniquity. 
Now, many people think that means just stealing, killing, lying. No, no. No, actually, anything that is not in love is sin. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so, what he's saying here is that don't get carried away by just the gifts. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Holy God. Don't get so involved with prophecy, faith, word of knowledge, and all of that, that you miss the main thing. The main thing is the life of love that God has called you to live. Now, I'm praying in tongues because there's something the Holy Ghost is trying to pass across that I'm believing that He will give me the right words to say. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Hallelujah. 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 You know, even as we preach to others, we must realize that the great harvest is the reaping of souls to the kingdom of God. And the first soul you must guarantee is going is your own. Because many times, even when we get inspired like this, People believe God for the gifts of the Spirit. They believe God for the prophetic anointing. They believe God for the faith. They believe God for the money to preach and to reach out to the poor. But sometimes they miss the most important, which is to make sure that you are walking in love. And Paul began to say here that I need, you need to beat your body and put it under subjection. least after you have preached to others, you miss the habit. Now look at it. Are you there? First Corinthians chapter number 9. I'm going to start reading from verse 16. I'm reading from the NIV. He said, yes, when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, for I'm compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. How many people can say that? There will be plenty of woes in the kingdom. If I preach voluntarily, I have the reward. If not voluntarily, I'm simply dis discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I offer it as a free, as it free of charge, and so not make use of my rights in preaching it. Verse 19, though I'm free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone Amen. to win as many as possible. Amen. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under God's Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. Amen. 
I like what Pastor Helen said. She said, in trying to reach my neighborhood, I discovered that they lack dogs. So what did I do? I went to get a book about dogs. I studied it. So now I have a means of communication. See, their dog say, oh, what a lovely dog. Is that a uh, shawarma? Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Uh, you know I don't know nothing about you. <laughs> that is you. Chihuahua is a food that is <laughs> kind of food. All right. Is that Chihuahua or is that... Chihuahua. Uh, huh? I just German Shepherd at least. Or that horn. Oh, that, that's a fine breed. Did you cross breed? I got a double man. And they, they just get excited because you are in a place now where... They are interested. So here, Paul is saying, that's what I have to do to preach the gospel. Uh, when I'm among the unbelievers, I, I, I kind of blend in, even though I don't believe in sin with them, but I find a means of interacting with them. Amen? When I'm amongst the, the religious folks, I, I act like, you know, a religious folk too. Praise the Lord. I remember the church, I had to go and preach. They said, I should pull my shoe. <laughs> because it's holy ground. So guess what I did? I pulled my shoe. After I finished preaching, the pastor got born again. Somebody say, Amen. Yeah. Sometimes I've had to preach in different places. Anglican churches, uh, uh, you know, Orthodox places. We have to realize that we have to take the gospel to all the world. One of the problems that many people think is that the gospel is for believers. Those who are already saved don't need the gospel again. They need to grow in it, but they don't need the gospel. The gospel is needed for the unsaved. Some believers try to invite other people to church. They say, no, I'm a Muslim. They say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you're a Muslim. That's the more reason why you want to invite him. He said, the Muslim, say, good, our service is just for you. You say, for me, yeah, for Muslims. Praise the Lord. Like you. We have to begin to re reach out to all kinds of people. Somebody say, if I go to church, the roof will fall. Say, come, we, we, we can put it back again. Amen. Don't let them discourage you. Amen. But that's not where I'm going this morning. Let's continue. Where did I start? 21. 21. All right. To those who have the law, I became as one having the law. I, for those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So that, so as to win those who have the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in the blessing. Then verse 24. He said, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in, in games goes into street training. Now we're going to talk about that too. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 26. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. 
So what is he saying? Now we may be going ahead preaching the gospel, helping the sick, helping the poor, loving, you know, you know, uh, showing kindness, you know, prophesying, you know, teaching and preaching. But the Bible says that it is not all of these that guarantees your place in the kingdom. What guarantees your place is your own personal life that has to do with walking in the principles of the Lord God. One of the greatest tragedies to me in the scripture, I call it a tragedy because it's put there also to teach us, is the life of Moses. The Bible first of all says Moses was the meekest man on the planet. If God calls somebody the meekest, he has to be the meekest. Because the Bible says his eyes is over everybody. So out of everybody on the planet, God looked for the meekest. To be meek means somebody who can control himself, who, who is under control, who controls his temper, who, who is balanced. Amen? Amen. Who has great power but does not exercise it, you know, anyhow. And he called him to lead these people, just like calling him to preach, to lead people into the promise. The Bible said that Moses did very well for many years. He was such a kind man. But what happened was that eventually he let the people get to him. And instead of walking in the principle of love, he missed it and began to walk outside the love walk. And let me tell you, all the things that he did did not make him enter the promised land. Now, I'm saying that so that we can understand the importance of walking in love. It's not good enough to prophesy. Somebody say amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. It's not good enough to have the gifts of the Spirit. It's not good enough to teach. The Bible says, even you can give all of your goods to the poor and still not have love. Now the, the tendency is that, well, is that not love? No. You can do that out of love, but that's not all love is. The Bible says you can even give your body to be burnt and still not have love. So the question is, we need to go back and look at what this love is. Because it may not be what many of us think love is. And the Bible says that this love is the greatest. Somebody say amen. amen. And when God was sowing Christ, he wanted to read another one like him. And the Bible says God is love. Amen. So we begin to look at it again. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13. I shared part of this in Cambridge, but we cannot exhaust it. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So love is the greatest quality that God expects us to have as believers. Love is the nature of God. Love is not a feeling. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So if you don't feel like you love somebody, can you still love the person? Yes. How do you do? 
How do you do it? You choose to do it. You say, I don't feel like it. You don't have to feel like it. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can be crying when you are forgiving the person, but forgive him anyhow. Hallelujah. Now, this is so important. I want you to know that I'm spending time on this because sometimes we run through it. But God is saying this is more important than walking in faith. This is more important than walking in prophecy. This is more important than feeding the poor. This is more important than giving your body to be born. The Bible says that this is the greatest, which means that if you want to make sure you meet the harvest, you have to become the first one that takes note of what is written hereafter. Love is the greatest. Tell somebody love is the greatest. Say it again, love is the greatest. Chapter number 13, verse 4, Paul begins to explain to us what love is. The first thing he says is that love is patient. Tell somebody love is patient. Ask somebody, are you patient? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What does it mean to be patient? Patience is to be consistent even when under pressure. Patience is to maintain an attitude of good even when everything else is coming against you in the wrong. Praise the Lord. Patience is to stay constant even when you have pressure to give it up. Now, people say things like this. I'm running out of patience. You don't run out of patience. Praise the Lord. You don't run out of patience. And I want us to know that these are the qualities of what marks a believer. Not just, the other ones are good, but the Bible says this is more important. Which means that your attitude in regarding these things is more important even than your preaching. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter number 10. You know what I've discovered? If the devil cannot draw you back, he tries to push you. The devil is always dangling things at people to get them out of a consistent faith. Or walking in love. And sometimes people start right in trying to do good. And in trying to walk in love. And they stay and they stay and they stay. And then gets to a point. They say, I can't take it anymore. Now, now, if you get to that point, you have just canceled the things that you've been doing all the while. Love is patient. How long should you be patient? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's go to chapter number 35. Sorry, chapter number 10, verse 35. He said, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You have need of patience so that when you have done the will of God, you, you will receive what he has promised. 
For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous man will live by faith. If he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those that shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. So God is saying that the one who is going to enter into the promise is the one who is consistent, who is patient. Now let me tell you this. God will not ask you to be patient if things were not going to come to try your patience. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now somebody say, you understand, the reason why I'm acting like this is because of what somebody else had done. I was so kind, but when he did this, I had to do that in return. No, the reason why God says you ought to walk in patience is because he knows that certain things are going to happen to try to cause you to walk out of your love walk. You are not walking in patience if there's nothing trying your patience. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You are not walking in patience if there's nothing that is trying to irritate you. It is when something tries to get you out of the principles of God and you choose to stay in the principle of God, that is when you are walking in patience. But people think that you are justified to walk outside the principle depending on the magnitude of what is coming against you. No, no, no. God says that love is patient. Love is consistent no matter what. When the negative attitude comes, that is when you pull out your patience. Too many people are quiet. <laughs> but that's good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to James chapter number one. Hallelujah. 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 Now this is this is the gospel. This is law. The Bible says Jesus. They all accused him. They, they cast him out. Spat on him. But what did he do? For many times he didn't say nothing. Just quiet. You could have said you in hell right now. He would have called one of those angels, the one that had one feet in the sea, one feet in the land. <laughs> and taken him and suspended him over Atlantic Ocean. So patience is not because you cannot. And you see, that's what the devil is always trying to get us to do. To get us to do what we say you do know do you do you know I can do you know do you know I can just beat you do you know I can do this and he wants us to get out of law to get into the flesh because he knows that when we do that we self-defeat ourselves. So if he can draw you out of law, he tries to push you to the other end. The idea is to get you out of consistency. Somebody said to me, anytime I make up my mind to serve God, to pray, to commit to God, that is when everything around me 
begins to try me. In short, that's when my spouse just begins to get on my nerves. Yeah, of course. What the enemy is trying to do is to get you out of patience. Now, that is not an excuse now for you to get out of it because if you love God, it will test your patience, but you will remain consistent. That is patience. Because patience is needed because of the trials that you will face. James chapter number one, verse two. He said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, where you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops patience or activates your patience. Or brings your patience into play. Patience must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking, not lacking in anything. Praise the name of God. Now I'm going to spend time, like I said, I'm going to be teaching a lot, so I need to spend some time in each part. Somebody say amen. amen. And we need to get to know it even more and more because sometimes we assume that we do and we don't. And the more we study, the more we grow. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I like uh, the enlightenment we got in camp meeting. When the Bible says that the laborers are few, Dr. F. told us that the actual meaning is that they are puny and they are weak. And why do you think that people are puny and weak? Because of lack of the word. They are, they are not strong. And so, because of that, the work is not done. And what do you do to put on weight? The opposite of what it means to, to burn it. Amen? You, you eat some more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You eat some more and exercise too in the right way. So you become strong. So the more you are studying, the more you are studying, the stronger you become and you are able to do what God is calling us to do. Somebody say amen. So here we see that God says, Rejoice when you are faced with trial. It is an opportunity for you to exercise your patience. The devil will not try you in an area where he doesn't think he can get you. People wonder, why me? Why, 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 is, why, is, why is this thing happening to me? Why, why does this thing seem to get to me so much? What the enemy does is that he looks for a, an area where he thinks you are most sensitive to trying to get to you. The, what he's trying to get is not just you. He wants to get you outside the world. Get the world away from you so that you will walk against the principle of the love of God and you will not become all God says you ought to be. So when that temptation comes, when that trial comes, when that offense comes, when that person says the word that you didn't expect him to say, when the person steps on your toe, when you could have just blown up, that is when your love walk is tested. Somebody say amen. amen. How you do it is what determines your maturity. This is what some people think, praise the Lord. Some people think that 
they are responsible for the way other people walk in law. You are not responsible for how other people walk in law. You are only responsible for the way you walk in law. You can teach other people, but God is not going to judge you by what other people did or said. He's going to judge you by what you did and you said. It doesn't matter if my wife walks in love with me. I cannot say if she doesn't walk in love with me, I will not walk in love with her. That is me not being consistent. I have to make up my mind if she walks in love or not. I am going to heaven. I have to walk in love. And I have to do it consistently. If I do it only when she does it, I am not patient. Because patience is consistence under trial. If I only do it when it is good, when I feel nice, when she's nice to me, then I'm not exercising love. Love is patience. And patience is consistence when you are trying. So the trial comes to see if you're really walking in love. The Bible says, even unbelievers love those that love them. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody's too quiet this morning. Am I love foundation or something? Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, good. It is easy to love somebody that's lovable. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Person's all nice to you. Says all kind things to you all the time. Praise the Lord. You can love that person. You don't need the love of God to do that. The Bible says it is when the person begins to abuse you. And now we now know whether you are born of God or you are not. The one that said, oh, you, you step on my toe, you, you, you think you can step on my toe, I will just show you who I am. Now we understand. We understand that you need the love of God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you cannot make your life, this is so important, dependent on what other people do. If you do that, the devil has you. Guess what he's going to do? You'll find the right person to just get you up. So you have to make up your mind. Come rain, come sun, come high water. If they abuse me, if they laugh at me, if they praise me, if they don't praise me, if they are kind to me, if they are not kind to me, I'm going to do what God says I should do and I will do it the way God says I should do it and I will continue to do it until Jesus comes. That is the love of God. That is the love of God. Is it true that people ought to treat you nice? Yes. But you can't make that depend, determine the way you live. You have to live according to the word of God. And this is what, when I look at the life of Moses, this is what, you know, affects me because Moses was such a meek man. 
There were times that even God says, Moses, step aside, step aside. Let me destroy all these people. They are complaining. They are grumbling. Moses said, Lord, Lord, please. But gradually, Moses began to allow their grumbling and their complaining to get inside of him. So much that one day, he flipped. He says, is it okay to flip? No. <laughs> One flipping. God said, that's it. Moses said, Lord, can you remember? Oh, oh, I cast out the devil. I cast out devils in your name. God said, you didn't walk into what I said. You don't know the seriousness of what you did. Love is the greatest. Many times Jesus walked, even his disciples did not understand him. Praise the Lord. Many times everybody left. Sometimes those who were in the temple, who were supposed to be worshipping him, they were saying, crucify him, cursed him out, spat at him, did all kinds of things. But his attitude was still the same. He said, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. What I'm saying today is patience is not patience until you are tried. Because you are tried, because somebody does evil, because somebody wrongs you, does not justify you acting wrong. You cannot cause another person to walk in love, but you must walk in love. That's what the Bible requires us to do. And that's what Try and temptation comes to this. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So love is patient. Tell somebody love is patient. Say it again. Say love is patient. So let's go back to James chapter 1. He said, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. He said, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask of God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. So God is saying, if you lack wisdom on how to walk in, in patience, in perseverance, ask God, what do I do? This thing is bugging me. It's, it's, it's getting into my flesh. What am I going to do? Say if you ask God, God will give you wisdom on how to handle it. Sometimes all you need to do is do like Jesus. Don't say nothing. Somebody say amen. amen. Don't say nothing. You know, the Bible says even a foolish man, if he keeps quiet, he's, he's thoughtful as a, as, as a wise man. Instead of opening your mouth and giving them a piece of your mind, if your mind is not renewed, don't give them a piece of it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Keep that piece to yourself and renew it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I discovered that there is a difference between being tough and being hard. Wow. Many people become hard 
They hardened themselves by reason of the things that happened to them in life. Maybe they were abused, they were, you know, people treated them wrongly, somebody's always stepping on, uh, you know, on their toes. Then they develop hardness. Hardness means they are, they are no longer sensitive and they don't want to respond to anybody. That is hardness. They, they don't want to receive the word. We had some testimony like that. People don't want to love again. They don't want to get involved with people again. Now that is hardness. The Bible talks against hardness of heart. But the Bible says be strong. Somebody say amen. amen. So you can become strong without being hard. To be, to be, when something is hard, this is what happens. It, it solidifies so much that if you try to stretch it, it breaks. That's hard. When something is strong, when you try to stretch it, it's difficult to stretch. It bends, but it comes back to normal. That is strong. Amen. God wants you to, that the trials should make you strong, not make you hard. So you are tough, but you are still walking in love. Amen. You don't become hard, don't care about nothing anymore, just do anything, anybody's, you know, talk anyhow. No, 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 you, that's hardness. You have to become strong. Amen. Strong, meaning you may have to carry a lot of weight. You may have to do a lot of things nobody even knows, but you're still doing it consistently. You're strong. Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. He said, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against all these things the devil is using to hit your mind. And after you have done everything to remain standing, what happens is that many people fight and fight. By the time they finish fighting, they are no longer standing. They have lost their patience by reason of the attack of the enemy. You say, well, why does God bring all this trial? I always say here, it's, it's not God that brings it. God allows it. It's the devil that brings the trial. Let's go to James chapter number one. Verse 12, are you there? Blessed is the man who perseveres on the trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. That God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, his God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after his desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Why does the Bible always say, don't be deceived? It means that many people are deceived. So he's telling you this is a place you have to watch so that you will not be deceived. The same way he talked about seed time and harvest, he said don't be deceived, which means that people live their lives as though what they sow is not going to come back to them. They are deceived. They think they can get away with it. The Bible says don't be deceived. Here also he's saying don't be deceived, which means you have to watch this carefully. Somebody say amen. He said, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly life, 
who does not change like shifting shadows the king james Channel says in whom there is no variableness neither shadow of turning he's saying god is all good god is all perfect god is all light he never does anything evil he never does anything bad he never tempts anyone with evil there is no change in his nature he is always good and if it is good and perfect then it comes from god if it is not good and perfect there is not a god don't be deceived. He said he chose to give back to us through his word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So we know that the temptation and the trials and all of those things come because the devil is looking for our weak points. Praise the Lord. And many of you, the devil will never tend to go steal in a van. You don't have the liver for it. Praise the Lord. Okay, that's the truth. That's the truth. But there are some people he will tend to do that. To get a gun and go hold up that band. For some of us, our temptation is sexual immorality. There are people that we just, just you know, just want to hang around with, want to play around with, and there is a temptation to go there. For some, it is to eat their time. Praise the Lord. So the devil looks for areas where he thinks we are weak. So. That's what the Bible says, we are drawn away from our own loss. He looks for the areas where he thinks we are vulnerable. For some of us, it is the areas of our emotions. And he looks for things that will trigger those areas. And that's why we have to begin to strengthen the loans of our mind. As we begin to study the word, so that we can withstand all the mind's schemes of the devil. And after we have done everything to keep standing. Somebody say amen. amen. We know that it's the devil that tempted Jesus. Amen. amen. The Bible said the devil came and said, if you be the son of God, turn this stone to become bread. Now what temptation was that? Lust of the flesh? Just do what needs to be done to just take care of yourself. God said, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. Amen. After that, he took him. Which one was the second or the third one? I always missed the two. <laughs> took him to the mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And said, Bow, and I'll give it to you. Praise the Lord. And he said, What? Shall not worship any other thing except God. And then, what was the third one? Pride. Prove that you can do this. Show that you have this authority. Praise the Lord. And Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. Now, did Jesus gain the whole world eventually? He did. Was he fed? The Bible said the angels came and ministered to him. Praise the Lord. Could he jump? The Bible said he walked upon water. And he, you know, even ascended into the sky. But what the enemy was trying to do was to get him to do it just to prove that he could do it. And not to do it according to the word of God. But Jesus stayed persistent. And yet those things that the enemy was trying to, you know, to use as a temptation became his in the right way. Someone say, if, if I don't react now, he will just think I'm, I'm, I'm a mad. It's when you react that you actually become a man. Wow. You know, there are two kinds of controls. There is control 
and there's manipulation. They are both controlled. If a child knows that if I start this thing, you start crying. Shout, guess what you will do? Now, who is beating who? You, the child becomes the one who is controlling you. But you have to make up your mind that I'm not going to let him be the one who controls me and know what is right. If I'm going to do it, it's not just out of a reaction. I'm going to do it because this is the right thing to do. Amen. And I'm not going to be pressured to do it. Amen. Bible says love is patient. Don't let the devil pressure you. To do the wrong thing. Amen. The times it will be hard. The times you just want, it looks like your flesh wants to just shout. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But this is the love of God. How can God stand it when puny human beings like us? Some say, There is no God. If there is God, let him just show himself. If I were God, the moment they mention something like that, fire! <laughs> we human beings have satellite system that can locate each individual. We just consume him! Maybe carry him off so everybody will see. Consume him in his car. Because we have the power to do that. But what did the Bible say? Instead of doing that, he took upon himself the nature of man to die for the same man that was sinning against him. This is love. Nothing touches me like the love of God. Nothing does. Now, if he didn't have the power to do it, that well, maybe. All-powerful. All awesome. Almighty. The Bible says one day he looked at his disciples. They called him master, saw him raise the dead. He took a towel, tied around his waist, and said, let me wash your feet. Peter said, you, you can't do it. He said, you don't understand. I'm doing this for you as an example. This is love. Amen. It is not the one who thinks he's in control, that wants to exercise authority. But the one who knows he's in authority, and because he already knows he's in authority, he doesn't even try to act as though he's in authority. That is the one who is walking in love. Amen. A boss that comes to work and says, I am the boss here. He has a security problem. <laughs> if he knows he's the boss, what does he do? You do this. I don't want to do it. He doesn't, do you know I'm the boss? Do you know I'm the boss? You know he has a problem. He doesn't really believe he's the boss. So he's trying to tell himself and you that he's the boss. But when he already knows, he just acts the way he ought to act. Patience comes by revelation. Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible says if you know God, you will walk in love. Certain things that get to other people won't get to you. People wonder why. You knew him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you understand that God is supreme judge, even if someone treats you wrong, you have peace. You know what the judge does? The judge pays back, makes sure the one who was treated wrong 
is, you know, made up for. And then the one who treated him wrong is also dealt with. The judge does not only deal with, deal with the, punish, the punishment. The judge is supposed to make the two. So he will make it up to you and deal with the one who is punishing you. But he said, if you decide to take it upon yourself, you have determined what the person's judgment is. And usually you can't do a job anywhere close as good as God. And many times when you do that, you also start another law that means that you also have to be dealt with too. So you leave it and do it the way God says you should do it. Patience. I know that some translation calls it long suffering. Praise the Lord. Does that mean that you receive everything? No, no, no. Or just, you know, anybody talks to you anyhow, you don't respond. No. There are sometimes God asks you to correct. Amen. There are times, and we talked about doing what is good. That sometimes God puts you in the position to lead, to instruct, to correct. And God puts it as a responsibility. It's not just you doing it because you are angry or because you are responding, but because it is the right thing to do. And nobody tell my wife and myself, you know, we talk about this, that even if the children do things, don't, don't retaliate or don't try to punish them out of anger. Because you could be doing it just to fulfill your own flesh that upset you. But you can discipline them, not because you are angry, but because it is the right thing to do to teach them to know the difference between right and wrong. Yes, there's a difference. So we have to begin to do what is right because it is right. Not because anybody else is doing it or because somebody is expecting you to do it. But because you have the love of God. The Bible says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. This kind of love is not in the world. It can only be found in those who are born again. It is the love of God. That is the seed that Jesus came to sow. The Bible says, when he died and he would not, he would not cause, the world had never seen anybody die like that. And died not for his own sin, but for the sin of the world. And that's why the message is so profound. Look, there were many warriors. Jesus could have carried a sword and, take, and, and conquered the whole world. He could have asked angels to break down all, you know, all the authorities, all the kingdom authorities, and took over the world. But you know what he would have taken over? He would have taken over the bodies of the people. They may have been forced to respond to him, but they would not have done it out of a will but he knew the only way to the heart is true love and instead of showing his power he showed his love and people now even nations the president of this great nation many times when he wants to start he bounce to pray in the name of jesus a young man from nazareth who never fought one war love is the greatest. We trust you've been blessed by this message. To order additional copies of this message or to request a list of other messages from Love Foundation, please contact us by mail at Love Foundation International. 
P.O. Box 41, Greenbelt, Maryland, 20770. By email at contact at lovefoundation.org or by phone at 301-776-5782. You can also visit our website at www.lovefoundation.org. Love Foundation, a place to find God's love.